0: Hello, beloved sisters. It's your girl, Marcia, here. I am so excited that you have chosen to join the Real Sisters Real Talk podcast as we journey through the her story of our lives. On this journey, we will connect and listen to the heart and heartbeat of our sisters to transform and heal the narratives that have fractured our souls. It is my hope that as you listen in, you find fresh wind, fresh fire, and fresh water that saturates your feminine soul. Hello, my sisters. I want to say happy new year to you. And I hope that your new year is blessed and prosperous and that it brings you great joy and even some grace, because we know that last year was really difficult. I would say it was both a blessing and a beating if we just really want to look at it from like that positive standpoint and then look at some of our challenges. But I'm so glad that we are here meeting in the village again. Today, we are doing the last part of our series. Tina Toes is not with us today, but I do have the pleasure of having Victoria with us today. And I want to say welcome, Victoria.
1: Thank you, Marcia. It's good to be here in 2021. Thank the
0: Lord. Yes. I have to say that you've been on the podcast several times, but I have not asked you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Who I
1: am. I'm the second of three children and the second girl I am over the age of 50. (laughs) and a teacher, and a mother of one, and a youth care worker, and
0: somebody who has a hard time saying no. (laughs) I think we all kind of suffer from that. Thank you for sharing. And that's funny because I listened to a little thing on YouTube, and it was talking about the art of saying no. And the one thing that it said is, if you learn how to say no, it saves your life. Saying no saves your life. So I make a commitment to myself to at least say no once a day or get in the practice of it because I don't say no often either. Right. But
1: saying no to one thing is saying yes to something else. So it's freeing because
0: it's opening you up to be able to say yes to something else. That's what I'm learning. i like to sit here for a minute in the (laughs) no, because I think as women, as mothers, as Black women, a lot of times or just a woman, period, we often feel like, Some people have mastered the art of saying no.
1: Yeah.
0: And those of us who have not mastered the art of saying no, we find ourselves in a place of over-responsibility. Yeah. And it is almost like, what's attached to that? Why is it that I know for me to say no meant it was breaking relationships? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Or that I was hurting somebody. It's almost like they were more important than I was. I know that we're
1: supposed to put our joy, Jesus, others, and then yourself. Joy is putting others before yourself, but everybody can't come before you because um, just like on the airplane, you got to take care of yourself before you take care of somebody else because you won't be there. But we have a hard time and people guilt us when we say no. And they guilt us in the churches. Oh, you don't have time to do this for God. You go to work, don't you? You would do it. If they called you to come to work, you would go. And it's, yeah, there's a difference. (laughs) There's a difference in my responsibilities. I'm not responsible for running your cookie drive. Because the trust you ask. You don't want to run the cookie (laughs) drive? I don't want to run cookie (laughs) drive. Because I got to bake cookies and clean the kitchen afterwards. No.
0: <laughs> you look, it's almost like the responsibility that comes with that. And I don't think we often look at the extra responsibility. Right. We say yes to more than what we have the capacity to handle and how you're right. We're often guilted into it. And a lot of times mm-hmm. because we're just dealing with our own guilt and what saying no really means to us. We do this self-sabotaging of not being true to ourselves and not being yeah true to ourselves. I say yes a lot and then I'm angry with myself because we wanted to say no. And I often wonder, is that kind of attached to the strong Black woman syndrome?
1: It could be. And I think it's just because it's expected of us. Many of us were raised to meet expectations. I think we talked about this a little bit before. It's an unspoken moray that we're expected to be everything and do it with excellence. And then again, we get to the church and then the church even further piles it on. I had a pastor tell me if I was doing my job right at work, I would not have to bring homework home. And this is when I was teaching an elementary school class and teaching at the university. And I was told that if I did my job correctly, then I wouldn't have to bring work home. If I was using time wisely, I wouldn't have to bring work home, and then I'd be more available to be used, literally, by the church organization. And that was hard for me to hear and to take. I mean, it's been, I don't know, it might be 10 years ago. It might be at least 10 years ago, and it still bothers me.
0: Yeah, the expectations placed upon us as women is often unrealistic and it really causes us to get into this state of masking and perfectionism. And I was just having this conversation with a, a young woman who's 23 years old and she was talking about how growing up in her household, how perfectionism was modeled and the overwhelming burden that it took on her relationship with her and her mother, as well as even some of the family dynamics. And I know that you have a daughter. I believe she's in college. And when we think about the mother-daughter dynamic, when we think about this mother-daughter relationship and the fact of what society has conditioned us to believe that we should be or how we Mm -hmm. should be women, how does that show up in your mother-daughter relationship? These social conditionings or the fact that as women, we should be when we want to just be us in the fullness of who we are, period.
1: Yeah, because as the whole idea of womanhood, and it was funny because that was yesterday, my daughter said, now, if somebody from the fifties were to drop into our house, they would really be losing their minds because I was sitting in the recliner wrapped up in my robe. She was sitting on the sofa wrapped up in her blanket and her father was in the kitchen cooking dinner. And (laughs) It was like, completely flipped around but I had people even telling me about that role that my role was to cook and to clean and even someone chastised me recently because I said my daughter's room she takes care of her room at school but when she comes home she's like her room is ah and they were like but you don't clean her room when she's gone I was like "Mm." Oh, that's her room so there's an expectation on me as a mother to keep the house and cook and clean and to go out and do my outside job and it leaves me tired and not able to spend quality time with my daughter and that's one of my regrets is that I was expected to go to work he doesn't even remember saying it. He's like, I want you to go back to work full-time I'm like oh okay But then that left me no time to really be in a bond and a relationship in certain areas with my daughter. Because when I came home, things need to be done. Things need to be done so I can get ready for work the next day. And so it it does have a heavy impact on your ability to have a relationship. Whew. That's,
0: yeah, that's heavy. And it makes me go back to... It has me reflecting upon the conversation that my aunt and myself and my two cousins had. And you'll hear in one of the podcast series where she confronted her mother one day and told her mother that she didn't know her and she didn't know her mother and that for all of her life that she can remember the relationship has been superficial. And that kind of floored me, but it also made me think. And so I think I've kind of under this dynamic of mother-daughter dynamic, and then you mentioning about how. The fact of this social conditioning, how this social conditioning depletes Mm -hmm. and creates deficiencies in our relationships or the superficiality in relationships. Do you think that's something that shows up in your relationship with your daughter? Is it some parts of it just being superficial or you don't know her and she doesn't know you? Absolutely.
1: She has said that I don't know her in some ways that she doesn't know me. And I think that sometimes she feels that it is a superficial relationship And she and her dad will sit and they'll kiki and watch different shows and they'll be talking, this dialogue, they'll be going back and forth. But she and I will be in the room together and there's silence. And there are other times when we are talking and the conversation is going, but she has more of a, I would say an intimate relationship with her father than she has with me because they were together more. Because while I was out, working my full-time job or working my compilation of jobs in order to have a full-time job. His job allowed him more free time. And so he was home more. So he got to spend more quality time with her than I
0: did. That just makes me sit with the thought of, again, how much we as women, when we look at the, the gendering of things, how much we as women have to put out there with regards to ourselves. And how inside the house, outside the house, there's still this overwhelming burden that we carry.
1: Yeah.
0: And inside of that overwhelming burden, they really slide in these notes around shame and guilt and the fact that we have to not only wrestle and contend with that, but also try to find ourselves inside of that. I think for me, how as I would be asking, like, how do we come to a point of resolve to say, this is what I have the capacity to do, and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, this is what I need. It's almost like figuring out as a whole, how do we get to that point of being authentic with ourselves and asking and speaking up for what we need? And we talked about this like in our first interview what we need. Right. Our relationships to form and to be healthy.
1: And then having the stamina to continue asking or ensuring that your needs are met. Because I remember when she was a baby and I was teaching in elementary school, I was teaching Sunday school and I was doing hair on Saturdays. I asked for some help. I said, you know, You can get her diaper bag ready or you can do something else, but I need some help. And the response was, I could see if you worked every day. I was like, if there were 14 days in a week, then that statement makes sense. But I am working six days out of seven and I need help. But to have the stamina to keep asking, so then I got negative feedback from that. And I decided, okay, I just need to figure out, again, what battles I wanted to fight and which ones I just would swallow or stuff. And so after that encounter, some of it just didn't seem worth it. I just kept pressing forward and just trying to get through. And when you're in the middle of that fight and you're in the middle of that internal conflict, it's sometimes hard to keep negotiating and coming back and renegotiating for what you need. It just felt at that time, just better to just keep pressing. And of course, looking back, it would have been worth it to struggle, to keep fighting or to keep coming back to negotiate. But at the time it was like, I've got this to do. I've got to take care of this. I've got to be on for my students. I've got to be on for my child. I've got to be on for my clients. And so I just can't spend any more energy in a direction where I'm going to have to continue to expend energy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think what you have described is like Black women's fatigue and how, like you said, you have to be on for everybody. But even inside of that, renegotiating, having to fight in a relationship that really, when you say I do, should be a helpful relationship. And yet gender roles Mm -hmm. still show up. And then even inside of the gender role, it feels like, yeah, I should be this. And and yet I'm still carrying buckets, baskets, backpacks with rocks in it. And then on top of that, you're dismissive of my efforts and mm-hmm. my request. And then we stuff.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> even in that, too, then you had the people from the church talking about Yeah. And people buy these pre-made dinners and everything, and you should be making everything from scratch. So it's, oh my gosh, yes, I cook from scratch, but I don't have time to cook from scratch. (laughs) If I want to eat, it's easier for me to grab a burger. So we were doing at that time, oh my goodness, eating meals in the car because we're trying to picking her up from school and then going, picking up something to eat, then going to dance rehearsal, and then going to this function or that function in this Bible study, et cetera, all this stuff after school, it was like, you had no time to do all this stuff. And then, so you're even looked at as less than, especially as a woman, especially as a black woman, because you're not in the kitchen cooking everything from scratch. Who got time for a three hour, however long it takes to cook a roast? (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that, but you got to make up all your dinners at one time. Who got time for that? We do it on a Saturday. I work on Saturday. What are you talking about, people? Oh, it's just too much.
0: You are so right. For me, it's like we're talking about Black women's fatigue, but we started out with the word no. And so I want the listeners to be able to say no to Black woman fatigue now. Yes. You know, creating the capacity and being honest about what you have capacity for. I think I'd like to just go back to where we kind of start and unpacking. What does no really mean? When you say no, what's attached to all of that from looking at the response to how is it going to impact relationships? How is it going to make you feel about yourself? What is the story that no tells you after you say no? How truthful are you being with yourself? Are you showing up fully yourself? And when you say no and set it as a boundary, why do you feel guilty in doing so? You know, it's like unpacking all
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot in those two little letters. It's a small word, but it has a lot of impact. And a lot of times when you say no, then people take it as a rejection of them or their situation. Sometimes you feel that when you say no to someone, you're devaluing them or you're jeopardizing your relationship, as you had said before. When you say no, instead of thinking of it as, a negative, it would be helpful if we think about it as I'm saying yes to more time for myself or, or just saying, I don't have time right now to engage in this activity. Let me consider it for later on. Because just a flat out no, it makes you feel like you are letting somebody down. If your value is in what you are able to do, Then when you are not able to do everything that's requested of you, then it kind of makes you feel like you don't have value in yourself, but we need to look at it. I have so much value that I can't spend all of my currency in one area or with one endeavor or one person, or my currency is so valuable that by saying, no. I am saving up capital for myself or my family and realizing that spending time with your children or spending time in an activity that is enjoyable to you has benefits, it has compounded interest, (laughs) it pays off dividends and we don't see it in the immediate. And I think we need to start learning how to look at that investment long-term that investment in time and energy in the long term. Because when I look at my daughter now and it's, oh my gosh, I have a woman in my house. And I have a picture of her on my phone. It was like one of the first days of school and she got the big all thick braids and she's as cute as she can be. And I was like, when did she stop being this little girl and turn into this woman? And I missed those in between times. And so by me saying no, or it's a yes for another time, or it's a conditional yes or a conditional no, instead of saying that, I spent, oh my gosh, I shopped at Walmart and I got all this stuff on sale. And I thought I was saving a lot of money and I would charge it. Yeah. And then when I lost my full-time job, I was only able to pay the minimum, then that $5 shirt and that $10 jacket now has multiplied into $1,000 because it took years to pay off stuff that was so cheap. And that's what the no in the now means. Saying no now means that you're not going to be still paying for that activity in the future years. If you say no now, then that means that you've invested time and you get the dividends coming down the road. My daughter and I have a good relationship, I think, but I know it could be so much better if I had invested better
0: early on as opposed to that cheap payoff. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I think it's like we cheapen our no and it's or we cheapen our yes because when we say yes, instead of saying, no, we
1: say, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You want me to do that? Okay. Let me see. Let me see if I have time or I'll try or sure. I'll do that. You're losing.
0: Agreed. And I think we, I think we, we cheapen our no when we don't see our no as a need. Got it. Th- yeah, we, yes. we are definitely, it's a trade-off. I think about the, the market model, since we're talking about money and dividends, there's always inside of efficiency, there's the trade-off. And it, like, At the expense of what? Somebody's right. got to lose at the expense of somebody else. And when we get into that point, we're losing. Yeah. And it starts with us first. As and we don't know it. Exactly. Exactly. And we're losing because <laughs> of, I would not only say the societal conditionings or the indoctrination, but the fact as women, especially in Black households, how we are taught you're sitting down if you're not doing this if you're not in movement if you're not taking on some responsibility Mm -hmm. then you're labeled as Mm a black woman or whatever and then when you say no it's like this major offense because you should posture you should be there for everybody so you should just have this eternal yes that exempts you from the joy and the happiness that you deserve. And when you mentioned the word currency in uh, Walmart, I had to laugh to myself because I said, you know what? She's right. And the difference is Walmart used to do a rollback, <laughs> even if it's one cent, psychological pricing. Yeah. And, and it's how we do things, it's that psychological pricing that we put on our no. Or on that yes, depending on which lane you're in, right? you just say, it's just one cent off. It's just exactly. one day's worth of work. It's just one extra hour. When in fact, that one day, that one cent, pairing it to 99 cents, make you have a dollar. Yes. One day is one day that you can spend with you right. or your family. And I get that. And I think it also, as a single mother- Trying to figure out how do we reconcile with that as single moms.
1: Yeah.
0: And then there's that burden of you have to. It almost feels like everything is almost a yes, because if we don't, we're disappointing our children. I didn't say yes to baking cookies because it was also, and I'll say for me, I was guilty of really trying to, I was always thinking that it ain't just white women who could bake cookie. I'm a black woman, I can make a cookie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But always wanting my children to have that experience, yeah, I yeah. felt like other children had, and inside of that, how there were times, even if it was just yes to baking the cookies, there were other things that I needed to say no to in right. order, even if it was just for me to prepare. And I think that's the one thing that I would hope as women we're taking with us in twenty twenty one that we put a no on our left and our right pocket, and if we have, yes. big, we, we put them there. Because no, no does not really mean breaking a relationship. And if my telling breaks the relationship, then what type of relationship do we really have? All right.
1: That's it. Because that shows that you don't value me. If I don't have the space or the ability to say I need time for me or I'm not able to accommodate you right now, then that means our, our relationship is lopsided and that you clearly don't value me as much. As I
0: value. Yeah. Me. (laughs) And I think we have to learn to value us. I know Mm -hmm. it's hard for me sometimes. It's hard for me a lot of times. Let me just say that. Some of it comes from, if I'm just being really honest, part of it comes from when you know it's stolen from you. In sexual abuse, and child abuse, when in the Black families, you don't get, especially the older, stauncher ones, Mm -hmm. you, you don't get to have... A voice. You don't get to have a no. You think you're being witnessed or seen, but the truth is you're just being kind of gazed over because you're in the room and your presence is there, but it's really not occupying and filling up anything in in that family relationship or domestic abuse. Those places where you want to say no, but to say no has a price. Exactly, and it's almost in a sense, helping those sisters, those women who are in right. that particular situation. I think it's about how do we come to that point of, of reconciling and I know we're we're not giving out any therapeutic advice because neither one of us qualified, but it's almost <laughs> like remembering that while we you know can talk about the currency inside of the no what the other thing that comes on the other side is that how we judge people when they don't say no without right. really their situation or looking at that woman who is going that person who is going through that abusive relationship and how come she don't get up and do that how come she oh. not realizing that's a death blow for her you really just put out a, a death warrant death on her your life right and even in the church how the pastor acts as though you can't say no to them so here you're in all of these unhealthy relationships that somehow makes your nose dysfunctional, makes you feel like it's toxic and it's killing you. Yeah. I mean, literally and physically,
1: I mean, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, because there was a point where someone had looked at me and said, are you losing weight? And I was like, huh? And she said, yeah. Are you trying to lose weight? And I'm realizing that this skirt that I had on is, is sliding around me. It's like a hula hoop. (laughs) <laughs> and, I went, and I was never really that big. I kept trying to. It's like I because I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating because I was too busy to eat. I was going from here to here, and the people, you need to slow down. Well, yeah, I would if I could. And we even laughed about it at the shop because it was like, Victoria, you need to eat. As soon as you get done with my hair, make sure you get something to eat. Okay. But as soon as I get done with your hair, there's somebody else waiting who's going to feel the same way. It's, wow, how about saying, you know what, you can stop doing my hair right now and get you something to eat. But no, it's like, nope, finish my hair and get something to eat.
0: My need is being met while yours is unmet. Exactly. As you were talking, I had to write down the cost of saying no when we can. What Mm -hmm. does it cost us? We also have to understand that at times no has a death sentence, but also how I thought about the parent-child relationship and how young children are excellent at saying it, you know, but we create it as though it's a power dynamic between mm-hmm. parent and child, and then we want to break them. Parents is like, you know, yeah. how dare you say no? How, to or I you. I'm your mom, and you don't say no to me. Exactly. And it's, but then does it, does that not confuse it a little bit? Because does that not take away your power in a sense? Because there are times you have to say (laughs) no. Yes, you have to say no. I think it's almost like doing this interrogation, -interrogation. Mm self-interrogation personally. And if your mom is there, maybe having that tay-to-tay with her, so to speak, laughing it out, that not making it anything. Yeah, not too heavy or serious. Exactly. Didn't you understand that? Why, I think it's important for parents to ask ourselves, why is it when our two or three year old says no, that it's punishable? Yeah. Yeah. That it's punishable rather than some of those moments is really just that person trying to set a boundary defining territory because we want our children to have boundaries. And why don't yeah. we have those moments as teaching moments rather than punishing moments? Because I think we we confuse it. And that's where it gets ingrained,
1: that inability to say no gets ingrained into our psyches because it's punishable. Because something bad is going to happen if you say no to someone who's in authority or someone who you're trying to please or someone from whom you expect a benefit at a later date. Mm -hmm. And I think we're doing it, again, subconsciously. The same way that we, in the Black families, we whoop our kids with things that resemble whips and extension cords and switches and carrying on because that is ingrained into our interactions because of our historical past with slavery or whatever. We need to be able to tell our kids it's okay to say no. We need to teach them that is it's okay to say no, even if it's no to me,
0: but you better have a darn good reason. But even if it's not. <laughs> I think it's empowering them yeah. because we, we look at it as a form of disrespect Yeah, and I'm being challenged in that. And really it's a point of my children are showing me that just because I said it and they can say it in laugh, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. you call me mama and I call you. And the thing about it is really, they're just joking, but we yeah. I know growing up, and we could not. <clears throat> my grandmother used to spell out the words. You better not say no to me because I will whoop your B-E-B. all of that kind of. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you, like you said, that the power dynamics in relationships really does not make no safe. You don't feel safe saying no, and then we carry those things into all of our relationships, and then you I wonder guess. why it's hard for people to come out of some places that they know they really want to come out of. But if I leave, that's another way of me saying no to your need and yes to mine, when part of what's been going on in this currency exchange is that I gave you all that I had and you gave me nothing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I think about that on a job, in all of these relationships where we do, we just find it hard to say no. And then I think no is necessary because it causes us to pause
1: it buys us time. And even continuing the whole commodity analogy, I have a friend who does finances and he was telling me, you've got $1,000 saved in a savings account and the dividends is one cent or 10 cents a year. And he said, you could put it in another, take that same $1,000 that you have in the savings and put it in a different type of account. And that will start making." $10 $10 a year as opposed to $0.10 cents a year. And that's what our no does. Our no reinvest. It takes what we've already set aside, the time or the energy or the emotional currency, and it puts it in a more high-yielding situation. And that's what we need to be able to do. And we need to give ourselves the freedom to be able to do that, to shift from this low yield relationship and take that same level of energy of time of respect of love and invest it in yourself and you could get it will pay off more but we get locked in to those low yield relationships or activities somebody else's doggone bake sale we (laughs) don't want to be at you got no cookies in my house but i'm making them for you
0: yeah. And I, when you say that, I go back to the single woman again or the single mom. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, what I'd like to really say to the audience of single moms is that saying no to somebody else is saying yes to yourself. Right. I would often tell my daughters that if you get out of this relationship, you're saying no to this relationship. No, I don't want you know, you to mistreat me. No, I don't want you to talk to me any type of way. No, I don't want you to disrespect me. And yes, I am going to put a boundary there. And yes, I am going to break this off with you. Those are some really good profound no's because you're caring for yourself. And I think a lot of times it is not stated in such a way that when you are saying no to those things that are burdening you or hurting you, it's okay. And that freedom or that permission to say no to those things that puts you in an internal struggle with yourself, because now you're trying to balance the scales of who's more important. When going back to your the, the analogy on the airplane, are you going to take that time to think about whose mask you should put on first, or are you going to know that in order for both of us to be safe or happy, right. I have to do me first and then put right? On. <laughs> so I think as single mothers. We need to look at it from that perspective. We're always oftentimes some people are just guilted into that of that's a good man and but that's a good man for somebody else, but he's not good to you or for you and saying no to that way of being treated, spoken to and all of that. and I know in some relationships it's going to take some time and some courage and some strength yes. and some supports around you and it's going to take a plan and all of that.' going to take a plan. And get your plan together before you say your no. (laughs) Exactly. And I think inside of that, I think what the listeners need to, I would hope that they would embrace is that there's a time for no. There's a time to plan your no. There's a time to live in your no. But inside of all of that, your no starts with you because you have to start with yourself. Correct. And that first investment is investing in us. And as Black women, a lot of times, We don't know how to invest in ourselves. And I like the analogy of currency. We do have to ask ourselves, do we believe we have inestimable value or inestimable value? Right. Or do we want to cheapen our no by not making it a need? Because no is needed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just discerning that time to say it and not getting caught up in opinion fatigue yeah. around your no. Girl, you shouldn't have said that or you shouldn't have did that. Can't tell me how my no should be situated and how my no should be projected in order to protect.
1: Absolutely.
0: And nobody can tell you but you. Yeah. So I think in wrapping up, I just like to go back and really just say to the sisters out there or the listeners, because there may be some men listening, but In that space of no and moving forth in our 2021 selves, because we have each year we evolve, is that if we are wrestling with the no, understanding that we do have to discern when to say no, because there are certain relationships that you do have to, as you said, plan your no, strengthen yourself, get the courage, get the support systems around you and plan that no, because you need a safe no the safe no. But then there's that no that we get to give ourselves who are not in that situation that no for us is a need because we need to to care for ourselves. I think no for me is we talk about self-care. Let your no be a part of your self-care. I love that. Let it be a part of your health regime. Mm -hmm. Let it be something that you dress yourself in sometimes. You got to Dress in your no. <laughs> no is a negative. Exactly. It is not negative. And that's the key point. No is not negative. And I know as women, black women get a bad rap because when you start saying no and standing up for yourself, then you're oh. a black woman. yeah, I'm not angry. I'm not upset, but I'm setting a boundary. Exactly. Between you and me, I'm saying where I begin and where you end or vice versa. And I'm saying it with my no. And I think if we looked at it this way, there are so many other things attached to our no that mm-hmm. it becomes like moral to their bones for their health. Our children is attached to our yeses, our false. Yes, yes, absolutely. As you <laughs> pointed out, and it hinders our relationship. And our children are attached to our positive and courageous no's because now we're creating the space and capacity not only for us to have us, but for them to have us as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: Are there any last words you want to leave with our listeners as
1: we wrap up? That was perfection. We need to be courageous and know that our no can have a positive, long-lasting impact. And we're making investment in ourselves and in our families when we say no to
0: this. That's right. We're saying yes to us. I like that. And so sisters, that's our thing for the year. Yes to me and no to what no longer serves us. And I know this is not unfamiliar language to some, but there's some other sisters who need it. But it's yes to me. We are that currency. We are that investment. And whatever we put out, however we invest, is going to determine the return that we get. And so I just want you to be encouraged by this podcast. I want you to be encouraged in your no, be encouraged in this 2021 season of your life. And remember, you get to boldly say no, boldly. To plan a no. You get to stand courageously in your no, and you get to invest in your yes. All right. Have a great day, everybody.